Want to be part of the Morning Blitz? Don't fight it. Tell me how you really feel. Send your thoughts to our text line at here on the morning blitz on this wednesday morning glad that you're with us unfortunately we're having some really rough issues with our phone today i'm not exactly for sure why we are but we just seem to be uh <laughs> i don't know why we're, we're doing we're having these issues with the phone so i'm gonna have john give us a call here john betts of kansas pregame magazine uh is gonna hopefully get us on the phone here for some reason my phone will not let me call out, but it will allow calls to come in. So uh, hopefully John will uh, pick up the fail gift. He'll give us a call here in just a little bit, and we'll be visiting with John about our Kansas on the Kansas pregame magazine. So uh, we, he'll, he'll have he'll give us a call here in just a little bit. I don't know why, but the phones will not let us call out, but apparently people can call in. So it's, it's being a very weird morning. And when you're a one-man show in the radio world, this is what it causes the radio show to just go to complete – complete you know what so we'll try to get to john here and see if we can get him on and and get him up here on this so we'll see if we can get him uh up and going here there's john are you there i am hey good morning how's it going today good just uh looking at some uh preseason rankings and and kind of trying to guess who's going to win a state championship well you've got a lot of pondering to do on that it's going to take a little unless you're in 3a i think you have a pretty good idea you'll probably win that you know they've won only how many consecutive games 60 some i swear <laughs> you know which interestingly enough i i you know they have the they entered the season with the longest winning streak uh, the longest active winning streak in the nation um, but there's a team in Georgia that has already played two games and are tied with them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if you know if Andale is able to keep their streak alive, and if this other team keeps the streak alive, and we have this kind of you know active winning streak race in the United States. So um, I will say Andale, uh, Mill Valley. Um, I think those two teams are not. The as heavy a favorites of they as they've been in the past because they've graduated so much. I, they're still the favorites in their classification, uh, but but this is they, they may have closer a closer margin of error this year than they've had in the past. Kansas pregame magazines John Betts, the publisher, joining us now here on the Morning Blitz, talking about uh, the upcoming football season, which will kick off here on Friday. Before we get to that, how was this year's edition? How was the process of getting it together and getting it out? Was it as smooth as possible, or did it have some bumps? Oh, it was pretty smooth this year. Um, we, the last 18 months, two years, I can't remember how many we did, we had moved our printing to a publisher named Allen Press in Lawrence, and it was nice to have it in Kansas and a uh, little bit shorter drive to go pick it up and do some of our shipping and delivery things. But they were actually purchased by a large national conglomerate, and they everything about them changed immediately. Their customer service, I mean, they just said, 
your your turn times are going to be a minimum of ten days from the time you submit till you can pick it up. And I just we just can't wait that long. So we went back out to Denver um, at Publication Printers, and I I think I've mentioned on this show before that Publication Printers, uh, the official printer of the Denver Broncos, they just do an outstanding job. They do so much volume. They have so much staff there uh, that they're available 24-7. I have literally had discussions about fonts or colors or, you know, uh, exporting PDF files, this some of the technical language of my business. I've had conversations with their staff at four o'clock in the morning, uh, finishing up an all night deadline meeting run. And, uh, it was really smooth and it was cool. We got to, uh, my staff writer Keegan and I took in a Rockies game, um, the night before we were picking up the magazines and heading back to town. And that's, that's always a fun experience. You know, even though the Rockies baseball isn't the greatest. It's always uh, fun to watch from such a beautiful venue. And uh, the one thing that I kind of enjoy about Coors Field is is that they have a rather extensive variety of kind of craft beers. You don't get that at a lot of other (laughs) stadiums like you do out in Colorado. So that's a cool piece of it. But overall, went really smooth. Lost a a couple of major sponsors that we've had in the past, but had some people step up and in and, and uh, overall the process went really well. What was the the funnest part about putting this year's edition together? I know you guys sometimes go to different places and do photo shoots. Uh, what was the, what, was there something unique about this year's edition that was really cool to you? So this thing is a, is a monster project and this is our 18th annual edition, which interestingly enough, uh, when we did our photo shoot, I had, you know, uh, the kids, I said, a show of hands, anybody that was born uh, before 2006, none of them. <laughs> so when the first issue came out, none of these kids that are featured were born. So that was kind of a full circle moment. But it's, it's such an overwhelming process. The proofing process has gotten very challenging. And I I hate to admit it, but it's because of the aging process on my part. I have to wear reading glasses now, which is not a thing uh, three, four years ago. Uh, I need more breaks. I mean, I used to do these 16-hour proofing uh, runs that just sitting all day in a chair and, and consuming all this text, and I just can't handle that anymore. So the funnest part of, uh, of the the most fun part about it this year was uh, I kind of did a good job of spreading the proofing out over the summer. I started proofing capsules as early as, as early July, maybe even late June. And that helped so much, helped me get some good sleep at the end of it, helped to help me be able to spend time with my 11 year old daughter Sloan, who's heading into sixth grade and doing volleyball and some of those kind of things this year. And, uh, so just the not applying so much pressure on myself and my staff uh, was the most fun this year. We're visiting with John Betts of Kansas Pregame Magazine. Well, you've read so because you've proofread a lot of uh, recap capsules of teams. What are some of the ones you got your eyes on this year? Well, of course, when I come on your show, I always think about your area of the state. And I will say, I think you've got a lot of intriguing football. I mean, you know, you look at Goodland, everybody's excited about Lincoln Cure, and uh, he, before it's all said and done, he's going to have who knows how many 
Power Five, which which I guess Power Five is probably not something we're going to be saying here before too long, but um, he's got however many FBS uh, major college scholarship offers and, and certainly is likely to get more. Uh, but I think when you look at Goodland specifically, Jordan Mosier comes from a great coaching family, a great program in Mead. The single wing is incredibly able to, incredibly difficult to defend once it gets going. And I would say three seasons is when you really are going to see kids be able to understand the nuance of that offense. And so it's exciting to see if Goodland can make some significant improvements this year. Of course, I think the GWAC as a whole is is very good. You know, I think Hugaton with big quarterback Isaac Martin and uh, I think the linebacker's name is Sebastian uh, Gonzalez and uh, Griffin Hager, the running back, they, they have a lot of talent. They look like a team that should be very good again this year. Of course, they have the momentum of the state championship in basketball, and, and Trey O'Neill has brought uh, a ton of energy and enthusiasm to their weight room and their overall athletic program. Uh, Holcomb with Damon Mesa and, and Trey Teeter, taking the reins from his dad um, and Cooper Tishner up front on the line of scrimmage. You know, I think they're going to be very good. Scott City, they took kind of a hit when um, Brady Welker decided not to go out for football this fall to to focus on baseball. Um, But still, I think Scott City is going to be very good. I think there could be a lot of uh, um, really close games and maybe some surprise uh, wins or losses along the way, and and whoever comes out of that conference at the at the top is likely to be a factor deep in the in the three A playoffs. So, um, and of course, Colby has a, a, a intriguing story with a new coach, and and Zane Betts, no relation, spelled differently, <laughs> is a is a is a kid that has an opportunity to have a big season and maybe kind of put himself on the map a little bit. Um, heading into a senior year, is, is Zane Betts is a senior, correct? Yes, he is a senior. He is a senior this year. Yeah. So those, I mean, just looking at the your immediate area, the eleven man teams, the that that GWAC conference is. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting this season. Yeah. Now the GWAC always a very difficult league, and if you can come out with a with more wins than losses, with a higher number on the left side than you do on the right side, it's been a really really good year. When you look at some of the smaller schools, you know, eight-man, six-man, uh, of course, now Keisha sanctioned for the title game. Uh, has anything stood out to you about some of the area teams there? Well, six-man, I think Shiloh has a chance to be a factor. Of course, the key will be that the McCarty kids stay healthy. Um, they certainly have some pieces around him, but uh, they need to have him healthy. And, and you know, Ashland is going to be, I think, really good. I, I actually think Ashland is probably in a position where they go on a similar run that Cunningham did last year where um, they they mostly dominate the majority of their schedule and maybe they get tested by a Shylin or a Cunningham, that kind of thing. But I, I think – I actually think this year from top to all classifications um, – there is more depth than we have ever seen. You know, like I said about Mill Valley and Andale, they're the favorites, but they are not the, they're going to run away with it favorites that they have been in the recent past. And I think Ashland, in my opinion, is a heavy favorite. 
And then in 4A, the big three private schools, Bishop Miege, Aquinas, St. James, are, are likely the heavy favorites in those classifications. But all the rest of the classifications right now, it feels like, are very balanced. Um, when you look at eight-man in your area, a lot, of good, a lot of good football in your area as well. Uh, Sharon Springs returns everybody except Kay Johnson, which Kay Johnson is a huge loss. Um, Coach Gefeller seems like he's done – he's made an immediate impact there at his alma mater, uh, and they should be a team in, in eight-man two that, that, that should be outstanding. Dighton should be outstanding, uh, even with the graduation of Max Neely. They have a lot of key pieces back from that squad, and, and just like usual, they're not going to have great numbers, but they're, they're going to be a, a contender and be a factor. And eight-man one, Quinter, uh, you know, they pulled off the, the upset. I'm throwing up air quotes because uh, they played a really brutal schedule, so it, it, their, their record heading into that game against Clifton Clyde last year uh, may not have showed just how good of a team they are, but they've got a lot of key pieces back from that squad, and Coach Corwin seems to have done a nice job there immediately with that program. Um, a lot of, lot of great eight-man, six-man storylines. You know, uh, Hoxie and Hill City should be good against St. Francis, I anticipate, to be much improved. Um, and then just speaking about small schools on the 11-man side, too, Oakley, I think, has an opportunity to be – a factor in the in the 1A race. Uh, what Coach Hinnick does there, I, I I believe there are two kinds of coaches at the Kansas high school level, and this may this may apply to the coaching game as a whole. But there are guys that I call identity football coaches. They have an identity, and they're going to do it regardless of their personnel. You know, Randy Dryling is going to run the flex bone regardless of the players that he has. The, the guys at Smith Center are going to run the wishbone regardless of the personnel that they have. But I really have been impressed with Coach Hennick, who comes or may have adapted to or comes from a, the other school of coaching, which is I'm going to adapt my scheme to the players that I have. And I believe in both, both schemes to have merit because if you are an identity coach, then you believe that running your scheme – to absolute perfection will allow you to be successful regardless of your personnel. And if you are a guy that adapts your scheme to your personnel, then um, you believe that you can figure out the things that your kids do good and do them well. And Coach Hennick has a lot of pieces back, and he's uh, shown this versatility and this willingness to, to do well uh, by the kids that he has, and I think that gives Oakley an opportunity to be successful this year. And I heard it on your show, and I mentioned it to you at the time, but he mentioned that seven of the eight regular season coaches that he faces are new this year, and I have never heard anything like that. That is an amazing statistic. And also, that is brutal on a football coach because you you have brand-new prep for the majority of your games, whereas – you re- you count on uh, having at least half of those teams be experienced, and you have some stuff that you can go back to from a couple years ago to look and look for maybe wrinkles that they might want to use. So uh, that is a, just an amazing statistic that seven of those of those eight coaches on his schedule are new this year. No, you're right. It absolutely is. He is John Betts. Kansas pregame magazine publisher. John, it's always great to catch up. Let's do it again in a few weeks here once the season gets rolling. Sounds great. I really appreciate your time. And just uh, tell everybody to head out to kansaspregame.com. 
Uh, you can find where to find copies of the magazine. You can link to our e-edition, and you can check out. We'll have uh, weekly rankings for football throughout the season, and we also post the volleyball rankings and uh, that we get from the KVA and the cross-country rankings and those kind of things as well. So thanks a lot, Ross, for your time, and have a great day. You as well. Once again, great stuff there from John Betts of Kansas Pregame Magazine. Head out to any location. I think they're think, I think they at uh, plenty of locations around all plenty, all towns for the most part. You can find a Kansas Pregame Magazine and uh, make sure that you hit that up and uh, get the copy. And as, as John would always say, you get a copy because it's almost like a scrapbook. You want to keep that for the years to come. All right, we've got about 10 minutes left to go on our program. Let's take a break, come back. We'll finish up some results from volleyball last night. We'll also touch on uh, the Royals and the Rockies, an amazing stat from a Royals pitcher over the last month, and we'll wrap up the show next here on the Morning Blitz.